welcome to the Antioch Christian Fellowships Podcast, otherwise known as the NACF Podcast. We are led by Senior Pastor Naida M. Parson. This week's episode is our Communion Sunday episode, and it's called Why Not? Why Not Live for Jesus? Why Not Give Him All You Got? Why Not Give Him Your Best? Coming up. That there was one thing this man wanted more than he wanted purpose. So Jesus looks at him and he says, one thing you lack. He said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. In other words, he wasn't really going to take anything from him. He was just going to switch where his treasure is. Just let me switch where your treasure is. In spite of how somebody feels this morning, he's good. Forever I'll declare that you are. Anybody believe God is yes, good? God. I don't care where the, where, the, where the world is going. A few things I know. God is great. Yes. And God is good. Hallelujah. I'll declare that forever. You're good. You're good. You're good. what we like to say God is good all the time and all the time God is good won't he do it every time and every time won't he do it God bless you this morning going to the word of God and I know our country is still in turmoil and chaos and division the world is feeling what's going on. The virus on top of the protests, on top of the murders, then on top of more protests. And we don't seem to have central leadership and we don't know what to believe. And you looked for men and women of God to give you something and God just keeps talking to me about purpose. I, I, I look for something else. I, I, I asked him, God, what do you want me to say? What do you need to hear from leadership? And he just took me to what Paul told Timothy. When perilous times come, what you need to do is to discharge all the duties of your ministry. He said, Timothy, keep your head. This stuff is coming. But keep your head in all things. And then he said, discharge all the duties of your ministry. And so we're going to do what we do. We're going to do our part. God told me I do my part. 
And if everybody do, does their part, so we have to go back and purpose, go back and look at purpose. So we're going to stay. God is still just talking about purpose. And really, a lot of this stuff would calm down if people would get back to purpose, if they would remember their purpose, if the politicians would remember their purpose, if the president will remember his purpose, if the police would remember their purpose, if the protesters will remember their purpose, if and his family life month, I'm asking God, where's my family life stuff? He said, if the family would remember their purpose, if parents would remember their purpose, if preachers and prophets and intercessors would remember their purpose, if everybody would remember their purpose, these problems would be solved from the top to the bottom. So we're going to talk about purpose, all right? We're going to stay on our, on our uh, direction on purpose. And so we're going to Mark chapter 10, verse 17 through 22. And maybe God is saying, you guys hear all that stuff all week. How about on Sunday we preach the word of God? How about that? Because one thing I do know is his truth endures to all generations. Mark chapter 10, verse 13. I'm sorry, verse 17 through 22, and it's there for you on the screen. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Our topic this afternoon is why not? Why not? Why not? You have a purpose. You are created on purpose and for a purpose, and you are absolutely perfect for your purpose. Before you were conceived by your parents, you were conceived in the mind of God. You are essential. You are essential. You are essential. You are necessary. You are needed, and you know what you're called to do. We've been over it and over it and over it the first part of this year. You're either an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, or a teacher. You're either a leader, a giver, a person who shows mercy, a server, or an encourager. You either operate in the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom or the discerning of spirits or prophecy or tongues or interpretation of tongues or healing or miracles or great faith. You're either an administrator, a helper, an intercessor, a worship leader, a children's minister, a youth minister, a preacher, a missionary, a community programmer, or a street witness. You want an you, you know what you're called to do. And if
if none of those fit you, if you don't feel a, a specific call to any of those things I just named, then you know what Jesus told you to do. Feed the hungry, clothe the needy, give drink to the thirsty, take care of strangers, visit the prisons, uh, see about the sick, make disciples, tell people about Jesus. You know what you're called to do. It's Family Life Month. If you're a husband, you're called to be a priest, a provider, a protector, and a lover. If you're a wife, you're called to support and create and administrate and guide and help. If you're a parent, you're called to raise, teach, admonish, correct, rebuke, train, and love. You know what you're called to do. And we've done our best this year to help you know who you are, who you were born to be who you were born again to be, to help you understand your born identity. You are the church. You are a champion. You are a gift, and you're a giver. You are authentically you, and we've explained to you why. You got to do these things. Why me? Why now? Why this? Why them? Why yes? Why here? Why stay? Why love? Why go back? Why keep looking? Don't get stuck at why. Why? Because God said so. But some of you won't move forward until you deal with and resolve your why not. Every time that you move into purpose, you're going to run into your why not. Every time your why pulls you up, your why not will pull you back down. Every time your why hits your spirit, your why not will hit your flesh. Every time God taps you on the shoulder with your why, the devil taps you on the other shoulder with your why not. The people, Sharonda, who remind you of your why are going to be the same people that's going to remind you of your why nots. The victories that reinforce your why are often followed by the failures that reinforce your why nots. The accolades that come with your why are the sometimes preceded by the embarrassments that were part of your why nots. So if you are going to be consistent in walking out your purpose, you are going to have to face your why nots. You have to face your why nots, what is really keeping you from being 100% into your purpose? What is your why not? What do you need to conquer? What is holding you back? Where is the hesitation coming from? What is taking you so long? What hindered you? Why won't you just do what God called you to do? Some of you have said yes, but you have yet to do yes. Some of you did yes once or twice, but you haven't moved on your yes in a long while. Some of you wrote the plans for yes. You talk to people about it. You think about it all the time, but you have yet to complete the task. Some of you are still arguing with God about it. That's where you stuck. You still arguing with God about what he called you to do. And some of you are passive aggressive. You won't argue with God or deny your call. You just don't do it. People say, I believe you just called to be a minister. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm, that's what they told me. People have been telling me that all my life. You just don't do it. You're hiding in plain sight. 
You're doing other things in ministry, but it's not your call and it's not your purpose. And I came to ask you, what's up with that? What's really going on? Why won't you do it? Why don't you do it? You have to face your why nots. And so the young man in our text, is, is he, we call him the, the rich young ruler. He is a good religious young man. He's heard about Jesus, and he believes that Jesus has the words of eternal life. So he comes to Jesus one day, and he asks, how do I get this eternal life? Because he had been well talked, taught, so maybe he just wanted confirmation that he was on the right track. Because it's not like he didn't know. And he wanted to please God, and, and he wanted to have the benefits that come from serving God. But Jesus decides he's going to use this as an opportunity to show what it really means to follow him to the fullness. So he tells the young man about his calling and his purpose. Because you see, most of you already are believers. Most of you listening are already believers. You want to please God and you want to get eternal life. And everything is okay with God and eternal life until God begins to tell you what he really wants from you. Until he tells you what your calling is. Until he tells you what your purpose is. Because then you and Jesus have some problems. And because you're all right believing in God and all right believing you're going to heaven, but then you get not, not so all right when it comes to talking about your purpose and your calling. That's why, Sharonda, we got to spend a whole year talking to you about walking in your purpose and completing your life. That's why, Darian, we got to spend a whole year preaching to these people about walking in their purpose and completing your life. So that's why, Pastor Renee, we spending a whole year trying to convince you about your calling and your purpose. And completing your life assignment. And so he, he tells a rich young ruler that everything he is doing is already on track. And then he calls him to sell everything he has and come go on the mission field with Jesus. And the Bible says the man went away sad. He walked away. He didn't even say yes or no. He didn't even say, no, I'm not going to do that. Or sure, I'll do that. He just dropped his head. And walked away. Because his why was that he wanted eternal life. His why not was that he didn't want it at that price. You, you see, he actually asked Jesus how could he inherit eternal life. He's a rich kid. So he knows a little bit about inheritance. He asked Jesus. How do I inherit eternal life? Because see, all you have to do to inherit something is to hang around your parents and do enough of the right stuff not to get kicked out the will. But now to accept a calling that changes your life, to have to put in some work for it, to give up everything that makes you you, to do a major life change so that you can go out there and change the life of other people. Now you're asking too much, Jesus. You ask too much, now hold up, hold up, hold up. I got to think about that one. Give up all my stuff, sell it all off, leave my servants and leave my house and follow you running around the country. He walked away sad, the Bible says, because he had great wealth. He had come face to face with his why not. So what is that for you? 
What do you think? Is your why not? And why, why embrace and live out my purpose? Why should I embrace and live out my purpose? What's my why? Because God said so, and I love him, and I want to please him. But what's your why not? Why not? For some of you, God said, to, he told me, oh, what's the why not? He said, tell them that they're lazy. He said, they're lazy. They don't think I'm worth the effort. They don't think their purpose is worth the effort. Jesus said, look, I wasn't asking him to buy his eternal life because as rich as he was, he couldn't afford it anyway. He said, I, I was getting ready to give my life so that he could have eternal life. I just needed to show him and show everyone else that would read this story that I am worth more than you all are willing to invest. I was asking him to walk in purpose, and it was just showing him that he needed to face his why not. So you, I've done everything, God. You told me that I've done it. I did all the commandments. Hey, you got a why not I need you to face. He wanted something that he didn't think was worth what it would cost him to have. And for you all, all he's asking you is to do some things that takes some time and effort. He's not asking you to sell all your stuff. He's not asking you uh, to give all your stuff to the poor. All, whatever it is God is asking you all to do, all it's really going to cost you is some time and some effort. And he says, and I'm giving you so much more than what I'm asking for from you. I'm giving you so much more than this little thing I'm asking from you. And some of you are even too lazy to do that. He says like this, he says like someone saying, look, I'll give you this 20 room mansion for free. You can live here the rest of your life. I'll pay all the bills. It's fully furnished, but you are going to own it. I'll stock the refrigerator with food and all the cupboards and all the pantries. And do you want that? Yes, 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 I want that. I'll receive that. I receive it. Ooh, praise God. I receive it. Oh, and by the way, can you do me a favor? Can you turn the television off, get off the couch, go down to the shelter, and tell three people I love them, and I have a mansion for them too. That's all you got to do. Oh, no, no, I'm good. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good, because God, that's a lot. That, that's a lot. See, the truth is, you're just lazy. God said this, you don't have a spiritual work ethic. You don't have a spiritual work ethic. You won't put the work in. You see, people with a natural work ethic, they have hard work as a part of their personal values. It's part of who they are. I was not one of those people. But there are people who have a great work ethic. And, and, and they work hard. It's part of their personality. It's who they are. They got this great work ethic. Sometimes they're driven because something inside of them values work, and it values them doing their best. And then there are those other people who are just plain lazy. But watch this, James. They're not lazy about everything. Some things they'll go after. I've seen some people with a strong work ethic that still have a weak spiritual work ethic. They got a strong natural work ethic, but a weak spiritual work ethic. 
They put in work on everything but their spiritual life. They have no spiritual work ethic. So how is it they have the energy for this but not for that? And I had to look at myself because I can be lazy at probably most things. I found out I was lazy as a kid. My mama told me. But some things I'm over and beyond about. God began to show me this even about me. He says, now, now stay with me for a minute. Energy comes from pathology. Pathology is a fancy word for what's wrong with you. In a hospital, the pathology, you know, the, the pathology department, they, they look at stuff to find out what's wrong with you. In psychology, pathology is, is psychopathology. It's, it's what's wrong with your mind. What's wrong with you? So energy comes from what's wrong with you. Stay with me. We're driven to do certain things that fulfill an insecurity in us or feel a need, feels a need in us. I knew you need people to like you. You need people to love you. You need people to make you feel good about you, to accept you, to approve of you. You need things that make you feel better about yourself. You, or you do stuff because you don't want to depend on anybody because you don't trust anybody else. But some of you, your childhood poverty and the way that made you feel drives you. For some of you, it's your personal pride. All these things push people to do more and to drive hard and to put in the work because the energy comes from the pathology. Something's not right, and so I'm driven to get it right. All of these things push people to do more. It's sort of in the natural. It's like hunger or thirst or your sex drive or, or even the need to go to the bathroom. It's so uncomfortable that no matter how lazy you are and no matter how inconvenient you is, you, it is, you get up and you do it because something is wrong in your body and you're pushed to make it right. This hunger pain pushes me. I don't want to get up. I'm tired, but the hunger is uncomfortable. Something is wrong, and so it pushes me. Your sex drive, you can't act like you're going to die. It pushes you. It makes you get up. When you got to use the bathroom, something ain't right in my body, and I'm pushed, and I'm driven. Well, it's the same thing psychologically. When something is wrong with my heart, with my soul, with my mind, it's a drive. The energy comes from the pathology. Something is wrong in your soul, your mind, or your heart, and you're motivated to make it right so you're not lazy about it. That's why in a natural they call it a drive. Something is wrong. I got to fix it. So in my heart, my mind, I saw something is wrong. Those things that you, you go after, and you're not lazy about it. You're driven to do whatever it takes to make you feel better. You're driven to do whatever it takes, whether it's work or whether it's getting up and finding your drug of choice or whether it's, it's to go above and beyond for that relationship. You're lazy about everything but that man you're trying to chase. Or for some of you, it's your kids. You might be lazy about everything, but you're going to hit it for your kids or to do those things that help you fit in and to gain approval uh, so you feel driven. So, so, so it comes, this energy to do all this stuff that we will do comes from a pathology. It comes from what's wrong with us. But now serving God comes from a healthy place. Serving God comes from a whole place because you already have his love. 
You already have his approval. He's made you whole on the inside. On the inside, you're not trying to earn the air you breathe. You're not afraid that you're not going to make it to heaven. You're not afraid that if I don't do this, I'm not going to fit into the kingdom. Serving God is a pure form of love. The only reason you do what God asked you to do is that you love him. And you love the people that he's sending you to. It doesn't come from an unhealthy place. It comes from a healthy, healed, whole place. So you don't have the same kind of energy. So when it is because it comes from a healthy, whole place, and love is the only reason that you do it, if it costs you too much, if it costs you a little bit of effort, if it makes you a little bit uncomfortable, it's not worth the effort to you. So when it comes to you and your needs, you're driven. But when it comes to God and his purpose for your life, lazy. No, God, I'm good. I'm going to sit on this couch, watch this television. I'm going to lay in this bed and read my book. I'm going to call my friends. I'm going to hang out with my homies. I'm going to do the things I want to do. But that what you're asking, that's too much what you're asking. I don't have the energy. Or the drive for that. Why not? Somebody say lazy. A rich young ruler may or may not have had that problem. I don't know. But maybe he did have this one. Lustful. Now at first, at first glance you said you wouldn't think so. He said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? You say, you know the commandments. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, don't cheat, honor your father and mother, that kind of stuff. He said, I've kept those since I was a boy. I don't have a problem with sin. I keep the commandments. Now, remember that the whole point of the stories of the Bible is to really to show us that none of us could be righteous completely. That's why the Bible tells everybody business. <laughs> There's some things I would have left out. He didn't have to tell all that. He could have left the story of Noah, Donnie, where it was. He didn't have to tell us Noah got drunk and naked. He could have left the story with David at Goliath, and then he became the king. He had to tell us all about Bathsheba. But the whole point of the Bible is to show us that they are none righteous. And so... Uh, uh, it, we couldn't be righteous completely. So the Old Testament gives us commandments and laws that in their time, before Jesus came, that was the way to please God and get eternal life. You had to try to obey the commandments and the laws. So Jesus hits him with the obvious first because that's what he had already. That's, that's what he knew before he even asked Jesus that question. He kind of knew the answer to the question, and he wanted Jesus to just tell him he was wonderful. But, but the problem has never been our behavior. The problem has always been what's in our hearts. And that's why we could keep eight of the commandments and then mess up the next 18. Because the true commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. And how do you do that? By not murdering, not committing adultery, not stealing, not lying, you know, not cheating, honoring your parents, all of those kind of things. And, and so Jesus, 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 he says, I, I've done that since I was a boy. I've got good behavior. And then the Bible says Jesus looked at him and loved him. Let me park right here. He heard the young man's answer 
Then he looked at him. I, I think he looked at his heart. And the heart of Jesus went out to him. The Bible says he looked at him and he loved him. This young man really wanted to please God. Jesus felt him and he loved him. But as he looked at him and loved him, Jesus knew that he wasn't loved back in the same way that he loved him. So I believe that Jesus said this next line with maybe a little bit of sadness of his own. Jesus knew the one thing this young man wanted more than he wanted God. That there was one thing this man wanted more than he wanted purpose. So Jesus looks at him and he says, one thing you lack. He said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. In other words, he wasn't really going to take anything from him. He was just going to switch where his treasure is. Just let me switch where your treasure is. I'm not going to take anything from you. I'm just going to get rid of your earth treasure and give you heaven treasure. I'm going to take your heart from the earth and put it in heaven and see if you love me like I love you. Beloved, Jesus looks at you and he loves you. But he can see that you don't love him like he loves you. So your why not is lust. You see, you see, see, lust is not just sexual. Lust is any strong, ungodly desire. It's wanting your flesh to be satisfied with all of its cravings. The lust of the flesh is that deep desire to obey your sinful nature. As Sprite would say, obey your thirst. Somebody in the flesh came up with that. Obey your thirst. Not my thirst, obey me. I'm supposed to obey my thirst. In other words, if my flesh want it, I'm supposed to obey. We will also move now into our time of giving, our time of giving tithe. Tithing, we believe here, is for worship is It is a part of our worship. It is a part of what we do in our obedience just to show God that we are obedient and that we love him. There are three ways that you can give to our guests that have joined in. We are grateful that you are here and welcome into this place. You too also can give as those give that are members of our ministry. Three ways to give. You can give online at nuancia-aliante.org. Push the donate button and follow the prompts. Second way you can give is through text. Text 77977 to Nuantia. All and follow those prompts. And then you can also give through the standard mail system. Our address will, will be in the comments is 2550 Nature Park Drive, North Las Vegas, Nevada, 89084. We are grateful for those who continue to give, grateful for your obedience in giving. So whatever the body wants, whether it's sex, whether it's food, drugs, alcohol, wilding out, having fun, fighting, telling people off, expressing your anger, lying, manipulating to get what you want. It's the lust of the flesh. Get your body what it wants. Get your flesh what it wants. Obey your thirst. And then there's the lust of the eyes. The lust of the eyes is wanting everything you see. Craving it just because you saw it in the store, or you saw it in the movies, or you saw it on the menu, or you saw it in the commercial, you saw it in the office next to yours. Saw a little something. 
or you saw it as a centerfold of a magazine. You saw it. And why do you think they spend billions of dollars on advertising? Why do you think they put pictures of the food on the menu? They could just list the food on the menu. Why they got to put the pictures on there? Because they understand the lust of the eyes. Why do you think they show you the pretty girl on the car in front of the mansion or next to the Learjet? It's the lust of the eyes. So this man couldn't bring himself to give up wealth. So lust was his why not. His heart was in not just the money, but the wealth. His heart was in the wealth. It wasn't the money. It was the wealth. It was all the stuff. It's what the money could buy, how it made him feel maybe, maybe where it placed him in life. Maybe it's the comforts that it provided. But to give all that up to follow Jesus, not. Why not? Because of my lust, because of my desires, because of my proclivities, because of my amenities. Well, what are your lusts? What is that that you desire to do more than you desire him? What is it that you desire to do more than you desire your purpose? Do you like how it makes you feel? Do you like where it places you in life? Do you like the comfort that it provides? Are you stuck in that dilemma where what fits your taste doesn't fit your task? How many of us are stuck in the dilemma? I would say 99% of us are stuck in this dilemma. Is that what fits my taste? Doesn't fit my task. What you like to do doesn't fit what you're called to do. Lust. Why not lustful? Some of you, it's not the lust itself, but, but some of you won't enter your pur purpose because you feel guilty and unworthy because of your lust. You're still having sex outside of marriage. You're still getting high. You're still doing your weekend clubbing. You still have a girlfriend and a wife. You still have a boyfriend and a husband. Or more common, you still have a girlfriend and a husband. Or you can't do the kind of fasting that your purpose requires because you lust after those groceries too much. Let me see who I can say this to. I can say this. Sharonda, don't you, it's, it's funny that diabetes is never an issue when you want a piece of cake or some potatoes and bread with your steak. But it's always an issue when it's time to fast. We ask people to fast. Well, you know, I can't fast because, you know, I have to take my insulin and I can't do that and fast. But, but why was it okay when you wanted the second piece of cake at the birthday party? Your diabetes wasn't an issue. Somebody holler lust. It's funny how your lack of extra income is always a problem when it's time to tithe or give to the rally. But it's never a problem when it's time to take a cruise, 
or buy a designer purse or get your whole head weaved or get your nails done or get you another man cave device. That, all of a sudden, your extra, not having no extra money is not an issue. Somebody holler lust. It's funny how you'll slave all day for work and then go to your second hustle to maintain your lifestyle, but you're too exhausted and you're too busy to be more involved at church because it doesn't, you know why? It doesn't make you feel the same way. It doesn't give you the same thrill. It's lust. You're not lazy. You're lustful. God is calling you. And will you just come on and do this purpose without complaining and without explaining and without holding back and without delaying? No, I won't. Why not? Because I'm lazy and because I'm lustful. Because I'm late. Or God is late. Or is just too late. Wait, now this... This was probably not the rich young ruler's issue. Because it's actually Matthew that, that tells us that he was young. He was young. Uh, he may have had time. So maybe the lateness wasn't his issue, but it was mine. And it might be yours. Whoever's living room I'm in. Is, is it yours? It's getting late in the evening and the sun is almost down. Why would God want me to do this at this time in my life? Why would God want me to do this after all of this has happened in my life? Why after I'm sick? Why after the divorce? Why after I've lost my job? Or after I lost my house? Or after my health went bad? Why call me now? I'm turning 50. I'm turning 60. I'm turning 75. Why? Well, what's your why not? Why not? Because it's too late. Do this for me. Oh, no, God, it's too late. And it's my fault I'm late. I didn't get it together when I was younger. I didn't answer when God called me the first time. I ran the streets. I chased my lust. I was looking for love. I was wasting time being lazy and procrastinating, and now I'm late. Or is it God that's late? I said yes, but the money didn't come through. I'd have built the church 11 years ago, but the money didn't come through. God was late. The resources didn't show up. I didn't get the job. The business failed. The church didn't grow. The scholarship was denied. I didn't qualify for the loan. God didn't heal me. And now it's late. No one does this at this age. This is a young man's game. No one's going to want me now. Nobody's going to follow me now. I'm broken now. I'm sick now. I'm old now. My mind just ain't what it used to be. Yet I hear purpose calling me, and I know I should do more for God. I know I haven't fulfilled my assignment in this earth. I know I haven't done what I was born to do and what I was born again to do. Why not? Huh? Because I was lazy, because I was lustful, and now I'm late. Well, this, this, this young ruler had time to follow Jesus and, and walk in purpose, I'll assume. He, he wasn't late. He might have been lazy. We know he was lustful, but... His main why not was love. I love myself 
better than I love myself. I love myself, me, what I want, who I think I am. I love myself. Y'all know self. The one my flesh adores. Self, the one that I protect and serve. Self, the one I can't hurt. I can't hurt myself. I, I can't make myself uncomfortable. I can't put myself in any inconvenient self. I love myself better than I love myself. Because if I truly loved myself, I wouldn't allow myself, I would allow myself to become what I was born to be. I would connect myself to my Savior, my Creator, and my God. I would make sure that I secured eternal life for myself. I, I would make sure that I fully expressed myself, supported myself, developed myself, improved myself, became myself, reflected God's glory myself. But I love myself better than I loved myself. So I'd rather sin myself to hell than to send myself through hell. I'd rather send myself to hell than send myself through hell. So I've been lazy. I've been lustful. I'm late. I love my sinful self more than I love being my true, created, born-again, anointed, powerful, productive, God-loving, God-fearing self. And, and so in all of this, God, I still hear you calling me. Still, you have a place for me. Wait a minute. I'm lazy, lustful, and late. And I love myself more than I love myself. And still. You're calling me. And still, you have a place for me. Still, you have a purpose for me. Still, you have an anointing for me. And still, you have an assignment for me. And still, you have a vision for me to complete. And still, you have people for me to lead to Christ, to change, and to purpose. So today, God, I face my why nots. Today, I'm going to deal with my why nots. Today, I won't let my why nots drown out my why. Y'all been wondering, what does this have to do with communion? I'm going to tell you right now. I won't let my why nots drown out my why because I remember what you did for me. Jesus, you had to strip yourself of your glory. You had to get in this nasty, sinful flesh suit. You had to be ridiculed and humiliated, lied on and accused, chased down and murdered. And although you were innocent and you had the power to take the life, to take the very breath of your wrongful accusers, you didn't resist arrest. And you told, oh, protesting Peter, to put his sword away. And you not only brought peace, but you brought healing. It was, you brought healing. You, did, you, not, you didn't just pull away from them, but you actually healed them. The guy that came to assault you, you healed him. And it was a long night, but you were not lazy. You could have had a better outcome, but you were not lustful. And even though you took 42 generations to get here, you were not late. 
Because at the right time in due season, Christ died for the ungodly. And you didn't love yourself above your love for us. You didn't want to be in heaven just being yourself and being there without us so you could really be your real self. We had to come to you so we could be, you could be your real self because your real self is true, unconditional, sacrificial, grace-filled, mercy-filled love is the essence of who you are. And Jesus... Let me talk to my Savior for a minute. Jesus, you had plenty of why nots, though. You had plenty of reasons not to die. We had given you a million reasons. All he has is why, why nots. Go and die for them. Why not? Because they're no good and they low count. Because they're evil, they're selfish, and they wouldn't do it for me. I can't get you to go down the street and shake somebody's hand for me. So I know you weren't going to try to be crucified for me. They wouldn't do it for me. Why not? They're not worth it. And they will leave me. Oh, he has some why nots. Why not? Because this death is painful and it's ugly. And most of them will never understand it or appreciate it. Why not? Because I've been up all night and I'm tired and I'm sore. And I've been beaten and shredded like hamburger meat. And I've already shed enough blood. Why not? Because my mother is watching all of this. She'll never get this picture out of her head. And I have the power to end this right now. And I won't have to suffer and die. Why not? Because I don't want to. And the Father is not going to make me do it if I really don't want to. Jesus, you had every reason not to die for me. You had every reason not to save me. You had every reason not to keep asking me again and again to do the same stuff because I'm loving myself above myself. You had a whole lot of why nots. You had every reason to cancel my assignment because I'm lazy and I'm lustful and I'm late. I'm just talking to my savior myself, y'all. I'm just talking to him about me. But God, I'm so appreciative of every chance you give me. Every day you bless me. Every time you save me. Every moment you forgive me. Every person you still allow me to minister to. Every hour of prayer you allow me to be in your throne room. So I will not stop until I overcome all the why nots that hinder me from walking in purpose. I will not stop, God, until I handle and deal with all my why nots that keep me from purpose. I will not give up the fight to finish my purpose and my call. I will not give up the fight, Marias, to finish my purpose and my call. I will not give up my fight, Omar, to finish my purpose and my call. I'm going to face and deal with my why nots because you're my why. You're my why. I know there's a couple of people that feel that one right there. You're my why. And my why outnumbers, outweighs, outperforms, outlasts, and outworks all my why nots. My why, you're my why. And it outnumbers, outweighs, outperforms, outlasts, and outworks all my why nots. You're my why. Your death, your burial, and your resurrection are my why. Your loving kindness and your tender mercies are my why. Your patience with me, your ability to see me, your how you managed to use me, the price that you paid for me, the fact that that you 
you thought I was worth saving, the price you paid for me, the intimacy of the relationship that I found in you, the love that I found in you, the fact that you would go to this extreme when you only, when you knew only a few of us, in spite of the eight billion people on this planet, less than 30% even claim to believe in you, and you did it anyway. You're my reason. You're my reason. In all of those billions of people, you found me. You turned my life around. You never gave up on me. You found a way to use me. You gave me a future and a hope. Oh, I got some why nots. I got some why nots, Andrea. I'm, I'm not smart enough. I'm not happy enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not stable enough. I've been lazy. I've been lustful. I'm late. And I've been in love with myself, above myself. I've failed. I've faltered. I've fallen. I got some why not. It's hard. It's so hard. Y'all, this call on my life is so hard. It's uncomfortable. And it's inconvenient. It requires more than I think I have. But every day the sun rises. And there's breath in my body. So every day if that sun get up and I got breath in my body, I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk in purpose. I'm going to fight to finish the call on my life. I love ministry. I do. But it's not my reason. I love these people. I love y'all. But you're not my reason. I love living saved. I love having my needs met. It's a great life. I love being blessed beyond what I ever deserved. I love my lifestyle. I love the word of God. I love the provision. But there are days that none of that matters, my friends. None of that sustains me. None of that restrains me. And none of that constrains me. Jesus, you're my reason. You're my why. You're my why. You're my why. So I'll just say yes. You lead the way. I'm not afraid of what it means for me to say. This life you gave is not my own I'm trusting you to hear my yes and lead me on yes Lord yes Lord my life is yours I'll just say And lead me on. 
to God whether you've never said it before or you've said it before and you need to rededicate your life today we're doing all of this so that people can be saved and if you're listening today and you need to rededicate your life to God or you're listening and you've never prayed the prayer the first time and you really want to say yes you want to work in you want to work your purpose you want to work where you've been essential you want to know what God has for you. You want to have a relationship with Jesus. You want to be right with God. You want to go to heaven. If you want that eternal life, then pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for everything I've done wrong. Forgive me for being lazy. Forgive me for being lustful. Forgive me if I'm too late. Forgive me for loving self above my real self. I believe in you, Jesus. Come into my heart. I say yes. Take my life. And I want to serve you with the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer and you meant that in your heart, you are saved. You're in relationship with God. All your sins are forgiven. You get to start over today. Please, please, please hear me. Hear me. We, you need to connect with the church. You need to connect with God in ways that you, that you haven't before. And I need you to come. I need you to inbox us. Tell us. I prayed that prayer. Tell us this word touched you. That Jesus, you want God to be your why. You want him to be your reason. That you want to get over it. We'll help you deal with all your why nots. We're a church that deals with all the why nots. We want to help you. Please inbox us. Tell us, I pray that prayer. There's a book that I want to give you that'll help you on your journey, that'll help you really become who you really are, who you were born to be. If you feel the tug of the Spirit, if you feel a tug in you and say, that might be me, then just go ahead and put in that comment section that you prayed this prayer with us today. You would like to have that book, and we'd love to have you be a part of our church family. God bless you. You're here to hear this word today because God is talking to you. Come on, put it in that inbox. Let us know who you are. Put it in that comment section. Let us know who you are. And for those of you who just need to say another yes, you've been lazy on your purpose. You've been hustling everything but purpose. Or you just need a deeper yes. You need to stop arguing, try, stop trying to explain it, and stop delaying it, stop being passive aggressive. You need to stop being lazy, stop being lustful. And don't wait till it's too late. But stop complaining about your age, stop complaining about what's happening in your life and say, God, I don't have anything else to say except yes. And then do yes. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift all of us up today. God, we come against every why not. We come against every why not.
God. We pull it out of the atmosphere. We pull it out of their mind. We pull it out of their hearts. I rebuke the spirit of fear, the spirit of doubt, the spirit of passive aggressiveness, of spirit of rebellion, the spirit, God, that, that comes against them, every spirit of opposition. Every spirit, God, that's exalting itself against you, that demon that is tapping them on their shoulder and telling them what they can't get. We come against laziness. We come against lust. We come against false gods that we're serving instead of you, God. We come against self. We crucify this flesh today. In the name of Jesus, no more delay, no more delay, no more delay, God. I say yes, no more delay, I say yes, no more delay, I say yes, use me, take me, God. We pull down the strongholds, God, I'll deal with my why not, because you're my why. Your mercy is my why, your love is my why. The way you treat me, the way you love me, you, God, you are my why. I'm so in love with you, Jesus. I say yes. No more delay. I say yes. God, pull us all into purpose. Pull us all into purpose. We speak purpose in this house. We are the answer to somebody's problem. We are the answer to the issues of the world, the church that preaches Jesus. For you're the answer for the world today. You're our why, God. We say yes. We say yes. We say yes. We say yes. God, we do yes. Let us wake up every morning in purpose. And we give you the glory. It's for your glory. In Jesus' name. Yes, God, I hear you. Father, in the name of Jesus, there's somebody who has gone deeper than less lust. It's gone from lust to addiction. So I come against addiction in the name of Jesus. That person right now who wants to serve you, but they can't break the habit of what they're doing. Every drug addiction, every food addiction, every sexual addiction, every pornography addiction, every gambling addiction, we come against it in the name of Jesus. Set free, God. You are a God who sets captives free. You are a God who sets captives free. Set them free. There's power and freedom in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, loose your hold on them now, demon. And set the people free so that they can serve you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'll just say yes. Everybody at this time, get your, get everything together. Go and get the juice and your, your crackers or your bread or whatever you're going to say. Get your families ready as we move into our communion service. It's not my own. I'm trusting you to hear my yes. And lead me on, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, my life is yours, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. 
On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he blessed it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless this bread as a symbol of your body that was broken for us. Thank you, God, for the sacrifice that set us free. And he broke it, and he said, this is my body that was broken for you. Take Gives me strength from day to day. It will never Same night, he took the cup and he blessed it. God, we thank you for the blood that you shed for us, that this cup is a symbol of your blood that cleanses us from all unrighteousness, that paid the price for our sins. God, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. He said, this is my blood that was shed for you. All of you. That Jesus shed for me.
We are getting ready for everyone to be able to come back to service. And so I need you to go on our website or on our Facebook pages. Uh, you can go to newantioch.org, newantioch.aliante, newantioch-aliante.org, or you can go to the House of Antioch page and any in, at those. And we did text some of you. If you have not filled out that survey, it's a return to church survey. It just lets us know when you're ready to come back, either in June or July, and whether or not you, uh, who's coming with you. We're going to give you a call and let you know what you need. You're going to need a mask, uh, and you're going to need to, uh, to uh, sanitize when you come. We're going to need to try to use the restroom at home and then wait till after you get back home. Uh, there are a few things that we need to share with you and tell you which service you'll be coming back to. So look for that call, but we can't call you unless you fill out the survey. Amen. This week it is Family and Friends Month. This week on Thursday night was the singles. The singles will be talking about single life and the family. So Thursday night at 7, tune in to the House of Antioch Facebook page. We do have some things that we're doing for our children. Uh, this Saturday, uh, the 13th, are, we will be delivering to many of your homes books for the children so that they can keep their literacy throughout the summer. Uh, our children's ministry is good together, so hopefully you've already given them the information. But look for your books to be, to be delivered to your children uh, on the 13th. For your teenagers, we are having our Church Girls Rule, Christian Gents Reign, Leadership Camp, June 16th through 19th. So go to CGR Leadership with one word, cgrleadership.weebly.com. And, uh, but it'll also be there for you. Somebody will put it in. Uh, just look up CGR Leadership and it should come up and register your kids. We're going to stay in town. We won't be overnight. It'll be a day camp from 8 to 4.30. A day camp for uh, the kids, grade, 8th grade through high school, 2020 graduates are welcome as well. Uh, we're only going to take 20 boys and 20 girls. They'll be at two different sites so we can do our social distancing. But we are going to minister to our children. God told me to do my ministry. He told me to impact. And this is the way that we impact. This is the way that we change the world by pouring into our children. And so they have, they're going to have the answer. They're going to have a better world. And we're going to raise up an army for God. So if you'd like to support CGR leadership, you can also go to that site. Go to the sponsor button and donate something to keep uh, our kids, to develop leadership in our kids. We want you to make sure that you go ahead and give. Again, newantioch-aliante.org. Uh, go to the online giving or donate button and don't forget to give summer is hit and our giving is dropping a little bit I need you guys to stick in here with us and don't forget your giving of your tithing your offering uh, and you can still give to the rally we are going to get you all back in service again wait for that call but what we want you to do is be diligent and be safe so stay away from things try not to get yourself uh, exposed to the virus so that we know we're not bringing anything to here to our seniors especially uh, and to those that have other uh, issues and so let's be diligent let's be safe uh, and we will see you next week prayer in the morning 7 a.m right here on new antioch at aliante page and thursday night 
Again, our singles will be in their panel on the House of Antioch page. God bless you all. We appreciate, we appreciate you. So finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of one mind. Be of good comfort. And live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. You can't greet each other with a holy kiss, but wave at somebody. <laughs> Text somebody. All the saints here salute you. So the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen and amen. Wave at somebody. message really reached you. If you'd like to know more about our campuses, you can visit our central campus at newantioch.org. That's N-E-W-A-N-T-I-O-C-H dot org. Or for our Aliante campus, you can visit us at newantioch-aliante.org. That's N-E-W-A-N-T-I-O-C-H dash A-L-I-A-N-T-E. If you'd like to sow a seed into this ministry, you can do so by texting New Antioch to 77977 for Aliante Campus or for Central Campus, that's New Antioch Central at 77977. Thank you.